I'll be the elven queen. Thank you very much. <laughs> I haven't got enough hair on my feet to be a hobbit. So, <laughs> anyway, thank goodness, eh? I mean, that would be disgusting, wouldn't it? If I did, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just—I'm so glad you came today. It's awesome to see you, all of you. So glad. Praise the Lord. Nice to see you, Chrissy, again. It's every week, eh? <laughs> uh, we, we keep making plans to meet up for coffee, eh? It never happens, does it? It will happen, won't it? It will happen. We'll do that. It will happen. Well, Times of Restoration is my title. <clears throat> and uh, only because I've called it that because I, I just want to share a few things about the church. But I just have this... I know we're living in very prophetic times and uh, we're in the time spoken of by the prophets of old since the world began, actually. It's a time to come where the worldwide restoration is going to happen, a restoration of the things of God as originally intended. And I know that those prophets would love to have seen this day. You know, it talks about that even, that they, they long, they looked into the future and they would long to be part of this day. So firstly, I just want to give you a little bit of history about the church and the church's name, original name really, or the name, the church's trust name is the Christian Restoration Centre. And this was the name of the church for, for many years actually until we shortened it to Centre Church because <laughs> it's quite a mouthful, saying Christian Restoration Centre. But we shortened it to Centre Church and the, but the name of Christian Restoration Centre came about after a trip that Don and I made to Australia, uh, not Australia, to America, and we attended a very powerful, powerful conference over there, or probably several actually. I think it was 1986. You, I think you came with us, Lisa, that time. 1986, yes. And when we were flying home from the USA, God dropped in our hearts to name the church the Christian Restoration Centre. And these were the scriptures that God gave us. Uh, the first one was Acts 3.19. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive, what means hold back, until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And in that link to another scripture he gave us in Romans 8, 18 and 19. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So we were we were were stirred actually because we knew our mandate really was to prepare people, a people who would run with this truth and um, so that's why I'm glad you're here, I'm so glad you guys are here. So creation itself has been looking and waiting for this moment that we are, we are now stepping into and these are exciting days, I mean I've talked about things like this before but I just wanted to bring especially about restoration Creation, as I say, it talks about it groans. It's groaning for this time. And the, the timing, the glory of God is going to fill the people of God. They're going to fill, it's going to fill the sold-out believers of Jesus Christ. 
and believers walking in God's holiness, hungry for more of God, people of faith. And this glory is going to spread around the world. And it's going to fill churches where people are hungry for God and sold out for God and walking in God's holiness and, and, uh, and faith, people of faith. So creation, as I said, itself is going to respond to the glory of God, which is upon the army of believers. The light and the glory coming from the body of Christ, or the army of God, you could say, is going to affect creation itself. For, and for a time, it's going to be free of destruction and decay. There's going to be such a shift in this earth. I'm glad that I'm still alive to see this. I'm going to see it. It's been... 36 years waiting for this because, you know, we heard this and we grabbed this and I, I've held it in my heart all these 36 years, what God has wanted to do. And I know that we have stepped into it. We're just stepping over into this. You know, and I think the enemy would want to try and... He doesn't want people to know. He doesn't want the body of Christ to get a revelation of this. But, you know... We have a revelation of it. If you're in this church, you, you should know you have a revelation of this. So we're part of this great army, and we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. You need to know and understand that you have been given power over all the power of the enemy. Luke 10, 19. You need to understand who you are and start acting like an heir of God and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Romans 8. 16 and 17 it says so we have an amazing inheritance here on the earth and when we get to heaven we've also got a wonderful inheritance waiting for us but it's inheritance our inheritance is for now we have it now on this earth it's now here on this earth that we need to overcome the enemy isn't that right we don't have any enemy in heaven no enemies at all it's awesome be a, such an amazing feeling no stress <laughs> No pressure, no wondering how I'm going to get food or how we're going to pay the bill. No bills to pay, food, just abundance of food. Everything taken care for us. And so, but it's on this earth that we need to uh, know who we are and start acting like heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And uh, it says in 2 Corinthians 10:4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not of this natural world but they are mighty, they're supernatural. We have supernatural weapons. They are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And it's the enemy that brings the strongholds. We are an army, and an army is trained in warfare. Isn't that right? And um, they're taught how to skillfully use their weapons. And I hope we try, we try as much as we can to, to train you to be skillful with the weapons that God has placed in the body of Christ. So, you know, soldiers, they are trained over and over again, aren't they, in the army? If they were going to war, they are trained, they know how to use their, their weapons, you know, they pull them to bits, they put them back together. They have to be do that, to do that in the dark. And they're trained to handle their weapons and it, eventually it becomes automatic for them. And that's what our weapons of warfare need to become automatic for us. It shouldn't be when something comes, oh, oh, who can I call on? No, you should know you have the weapons available to you. You shouldn't have to suddenly uh, grab your Bible out and hunt for a scripture to fight the enemy with. 
It needs to be in our heart. The word needs to be in our heart and, and not in our mouths. So we need to be fit for the master's use. We need to be a, a fit army ready for the master's use, trained in, in the weapons of our warfare, trained in the word of God, using the word of God as the sword of the spirit to defeat the enemy, his lies and his attacks. So God, he needs us. He needs this army of believers to be trained in spiritual warfare, in prayer, and trained in the word of God. And if you don't have the word of God in your heart and in your mouth, then you will be a weak Christian. So if you constantly allow words of fear, unbelief, hopelessness come out your mouth, you will never amount to what God wants you to amount to. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to keep him thinking you're hopeless, you're useless. You know, that's what he wants. He, does, he wants you to think bad of yourself. God wants you to think good of yourself because you are made in the image of God. You have this, you're born of the Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. What more do you need? Amen? Well, the glory's coming. The glory is going to be seen, not, it's going to be in you and it's going to be seen upon you. Is that exciting? That's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to this, absolutely. So we need to make sure, careful what comes out our mouths and don't think that you are unfit. God wants you to be fit for the master's use, not unfit. And Satan, he'll try and rough sh run roughshod over you as much as he can. And we need to be so strong and just rise up and say, no, I won't listen to that. I won't listen to your lies. I won't listen to your deceit. I believe what God says about me. And I'm going to live by faith and walk by faith and I'm going to speak words of faith, not unbelief. So he wants to deceive you with his lies. You're hopeless, he'll tell you. You'll never amount to anything. You know, and he fills you with fear, fear about what's happening in the world today. You know, don't be fearful. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful regarding sickness and disease. You think Jesus didn't know this, that what would be trying to come upon the earth today? He knew. I'm not afraid. You know, by Jesus' stripes, I have been healed. I have, I'm healed. <laughs> I am healed. I'm already healed. And if anything, you know, we need to get to that place where any sickness tries to get on you, it will die instantly because there's, there's so much power in you and in your mouth. And Satan, you know, those spirits of affliction would, won't dare come near you. <laughs> Run them off. Amen? Right. So, we need to get the word of God in our mouths because it's like a sword that will cut the enemy to the very core. You know, um, we need to tell, like Jesus did, get behind me, Satan. You know, if he comes around, get behind me, Satan. That's what you've got to do. Jesus is my Lord. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and I'm an heir of Almighty God. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Satan. <laughs> We're an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of my testimony. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which is, you've been bought with, and by the words of your testimony. 
You need to start declaring, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the peace of God guards my heart. And by his stripes I have been healed. I refuse these symptoms in my body. I, you know, I have a covenant with the Most High God through the blood of Jesus. And the word says God is watching over his word to perform it. He wants it. He needs it in your heart and in your mouth. And then when he, he, when he was watching that word to perform it on your behalf. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight, a good one. Amen? Amen. And how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even right now, if you're listening, faith is coming. You're hearing and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You know, there's been some messages back in the day, you know, when we used to have cassette players and uh, we didn't have YouTube or anything like that. And we, we had all this wonderful, you know, um, in, um, amazing stuff on faith. And I would listen to things over, in fact, on and on, and put it on at night and it would go over and over and over. We'd listen to it over and over and over. We'd speak it, we'd declare it. And, you know, we're, we're, it just is in your heart. And that's what we've got to get. We, you know, probably it's so easy to be lazy, isn't it? But we need to get the word of God in our heart and in our mouths. That's how you defeat the enemy. Just get a few scriptures and write them down and speak them over and over and again until it's in your heart. And then when the enemy comes, you're ready for him. Okay. Faith without corresponding actions is dead, it says in James 2.17. No, we've got to... If, if you say, I'll believe it when I see it, You'll never see it. You know, you'll never see it. You'll never receive. Jesus said, whatsoever th things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall future have it. So whatsoever things you desire, whatsoever things you ask, when you pray, so when you pray, believe you receive it then, and, and you shall have it. Amen. Because you, you have to believe you receive it before then you shall have it. You shall as future have it. It will come. But you need to get that word in your heart. And then when you're praying for something, write it down. Write down what you need from God. Write it down. Date it. <laughs> now, I've done this. You say, okay, Lord, on this day, blah, blah, blah. This is what, I, you, know, what you desire. When you pray, this is what I desire. This is what I need. Um, I write it down, and I thank you for it. It's written. And just remind me, see, Lord, you were there when I wrote that down. And you will receive. Okay? Alrighty. So the word is living and it's powerful. This, the word of God is not dead. When you get that Bible in your hands, those, that word is not dead. That's a living word. It's come from God. It's living, it's powerful, and it can change what the enemy has meant for your harm and turn it around for your good. So we need to, we need to know how to pray skillfully how to defeat the enemy in prayer and how to handle the word of God effectively. Another powerful thing is declarations, you know, declaring things. They shift things. They change things. You need to declare things concerning your family. You, know, that's, you could get the word and declare the word. You know, and you can 
you could declare things what you want to see concerning your family and declare things what you want concerning your nation. It, but declarations are powerful, absolutely plow, powerful. It said, the word says, you shall declare a thing and it will be established for you. So it's really powerful that you start speaking and declaring things into the atmosphere. Because, you know, we're living, we're surrounded by a spiritual realm. When you release the word of God and you release powerful declarations, you're, you're harming the enemy's camp, so to speak. You're destroying his work. And so you, you need to know, make declarations. Make declarations concerning your family. Make declarations concerning your schools, where if you've got kids and, the, and all of these things, start speaking over it, speaking life, speaking what you want, concerning the nation, speaking what you want for this nation. Declare God's promises. It says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living. It's living. Yeah. It's not dead. The word of God is not dead. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's how powerful the word is, that even the word of God can discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. So I want to say you were born for such a time as this. You were, just as Esther was born in her time, she was born for that time so that she could save the Jews from Haman's death plan to wipe the, the Jew, Jewish people out. So God has really timed your birth on this earth for a reason. We're going to be alive in some of the most, in the most exciting days this earth has ever seen. He didn't choose you to be born last century or in the 1800s. He, you were born in this generation. So you can experience and play your part in the greatest outpouring of God ever experienced on earth since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And that's the truth. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hurry up, Lord. <laughs> I was, when I was a little kid, I would be like that. And Dad promised to buy something. Dad, did you buy that such and such? Not yet. Next day, I'd come home from it. Dad, have you got that yet? No, and I'd pester and pester and pester till I got till it came. He bought it. Well, uh, you know, we need to pester God. He doesn't mind. God's very, he, he probably actually likes it. He likes us pestering him for things. Come on, Lord. And we're looking forward to these days, Lord. We can't wait for the glory that's going to be seen upon the body of Christ. Woohoo! And upon the church. So, with exciting, exciting days. And as I say, I've been looking forward to this for 36 years. That's a long time. Long time. And sometimes we expect the answer in one day. But this is 36 years and I'm still expecting it. Amen? So don't you moan. You're not having waited that long. <laughs> yes, you'll know. Yes, yes, you'll know. Lisa, you were there. Yes, some of you. But... Um, yeah, anyway, I'm just telling you what this church is all about. And we want to pay, you know, it means to pay a price. Seeking God, loving God, worshipping God, allowing him to have his way. We want him to have his way in this church. It's not about our way. It's not the leader's way. We're just there as vessels 
to serve the Lord and to serve you guys. It's what God wants for our church and what he wants for this region and what he wants for the nation and the whole world. This is a global thing that's going to happen. Absolutely is. So we've got to be a radical bunch of lovers of God, prepared to sacrifice anything to be part of this mighty move. So you need to ask yourself, am I? Am I willing? You know, one day it's got to be amazing. But always remember, love must be our motivation. Whatever we do, love is our motivation. Our love for God, our love for our Lord Jesus Christ, our love for our fellow believers, a love for the lost and hurting. That's our motivation. And remember, faith works through love. If there's hate or unforgiveness or offence or a bitterness in our heart, your faith won't work. It won't work for you. And you'll not receive the things that God wants you to receive. You have to let it go. You've got to let go of all offence, all bitterness, all anger, all unforgiveness. You must let it go. So, I, I was just thinking about this church. We have been very prominent on the coast in the past, this church has. And in recent, recent times, we have become more obscure. <laughs> Not in the limelight, but just, just this church here, hidden away. And I believe that is a good thing in many ways, and this is my reason. Because God has been quietly sifting us, changing us, and preparing us for these days ahead. So, that's good. That is good news. So don't be discouraged. You know, you're still sitting here. And that's really powerful. Our future is bright. And I'm confident when the time comes, we will be ready to carry the glory and to host the glory. That's what it is, really. And we'll be filled with the glory, but we'll host the glory. Imagine that in this church. Isn't that awesome? And if we will continue to humble ourselves under his mighty hand, spend time with him in worship and prayer and in the word and walk in love, we're going to see amazing things happen. So we need to make church a big part of our lives. You know, some people, it's funny how people think church is not so important anymore. God hasn't changed. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And, you know, he didn't say until, you know, 2021 or 2020. No, until the, till we, till the day of Jesus Christ. Don't forsake it because we need one another. And, and there's something about corporate coming together corporately. And then, then there's a corporate uh, presence of God. And the glory will come and manifest in such powerful, powerful ways. So, as I said, God chooses, he chooses the foolish things of the wise to, uh, foolish things of the world to confuse the, the wise. And I don't mind being, looking foolish in the eyes of the world. So long as I don't look like a fool in God's eyes. <laughs> I don't want to look a fool in God's eyes. You know, we humble ourselves under his mighty hand and he will exalt us in due time. He knows when it's due time. You know, when you're going to have a baby, you know when it's due time, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. God knows. So we're going to destroy yokes. We need to walk in humility. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. Without God, we can do nothing. You might think, oh, I can do lots of things. Well, no, nothing worthwhile for God anyway. But with God, all things are possible. 
all things are possible with God. In Philippians 4.30, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the whole world right now is in a tremendous spiritual battle. You'll know. Look what's going on around the world. Look what is going on globally. Horrific. It's a tremendous spiritual battle that is going on right now. And there's a battle for the souls of mankind and for this earth. It's a battle between good and evil. And it's a battle between the wicked and the righteous. Because Satan uses certain people, those who will give themselves to him. And God is trying to wake people up to the truth. If we think we have no enemy, then the enemy will overwhelm us. It says in Ephesians 6.12, it tells us warfare, our warfare is not with flesh and blood. For we wrestle against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. They are the ones controlling people who don't know Jesus Christ. Or they know he's real, but they hate him. And then as many in the body of Christ <coughs> too, because people in the body of Christ um, submit themselves without even realising to the enemy. So what the world is facing right now is Satan's attempt to control the nations through leaders who have submitted to him. He's trying to bring what is prophesied in the Bible in the future into the here and now. He's jumped the gun, and God will not allow it. Psalm 1989, it says, For wherever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, and there's things that have to happen before ever any Antichrist can arise and control, you know, have a global government. It says in Psalm 119, yeah, I've said that, God is waking us up to the truth for what is, of what is around us. He's awakening hearts to the truth of his prophetic word, his love and his power. He's raising up a mighty army who are taking back what the enemy has stolen. Nations. That's what Satan's been stealing. He's been stealing people's own, you know, health. He's been stealing things like that. But he, Satan is after the nations. He's after our nation. I hope you realise. He's definitely after our nation. But we are pushing back darkness. We're exposing the wicked. And we're preparing the way for the greatest move this world has ever seen. So don't allow Satan to blind you to the truth. He's an ultimate deceiver. The whole world, it says, lies in darkness, even until now. But God is pulling back the covers. He's exposing Satan's plans and setting in place his plans as spoken by the prophets in time past. Hallelujah! <laughs> that deserved a hallelujah. <clears throat> so we're coming back to a time as in the Garden of Eden where we, as God's children, will walk with God in a way that Adam and Eve did before the fall. This is what we're coming into. Adam and Eve were clothed in glory. You couldn't see the glory to their skin. You couldn't, you couldn't see their skin because the glory covered them. <clears throat> it shone through them. It was actually glory was in them and shone out of them and covered them 
They were God's children. And their spirits came from God. You know, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Their likeness. Us. Let us make man in our image. So we'll be made in the image of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And after their likeness. And did you know that the book of Genesis covers about half of all human activity on the earth? Did you know that? It covers the first 3,000 years of man's allotted time of around 6,000 years, give or take, before Jesus' millennial rule on this earth, reign on the earth. So Genesis itself covers from Adam through to the flood in chapter 7 and from the flood right through the, to the death of Joseph in Egypt. 3,000 years. Isn't that amazing? And then there was another 1,000 years um, before Jesus came. And so there's a, after Jesus' birth, there will be another 2,000 or give or take until Jesus Christ's millennial reign on the earth. So we are in the last days. We're not in the last of the last days. Not yet, because he's got, this glorious time has got to come. Because God has got something amazing beyond our wildest dreams to manifest on the earth. It is his glory on his children which will cover the earth. Coming from the God's children. It's going to be powerful. The prophet Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, the unbelievers, shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. They'll be seeking out the believers. And then in part of 5 it goes, The abundance of the sea, or humanity, shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. This was prophesied by Isaiah 2,500 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Finally, it's coming, to, it's coming to fruition. It is time. We, the body of Christ, will be clothed in his glory. Creation has been looking forward to this time. And creation itself, looking for it, because it knows it means restoration for creation itself. It's amazing. You know, there's coming a great wealth dis distribution. You know the scripture? In Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. It will be a transfer of wealth from the greedy and the wicked <laughs> into the hands of righteous people. And actually, they don't have to even just be Christians. This might be a blow your mind. But there are people who do right who aren't even yet born again. But they will be. But um, God's going to transfer it into the hands of righteous people who can be trusted to use that wealth for the benefit of mankind. It's not so that we can oh, good, I can have this and I can have that and all that. You probably will, I'm sure. But what are you going to do with the wealth? Have you thought about it? What could you do? I often think, well, 
gosh, if we got all this money, what would we do? How could we help society? I'd like to think, start, we'll get all the homeless people, we'll get a home each, one home each. Not stuck, not in a big, you know, flat in one little room. Wouldn't that be awesome? We could build everybody a home. Everybody. Why not? Isn't that God's will? And wouldn't God like that? Absolutely. No one on this earth should go hungry. There's no need. No one. There's no need. There's so much money in the world that there is no need for people to die of hunger. There's no need. It's just wicked people who've got so much money. That's what it is. Holding the wealth of this nation. Of not this nation, the world. But God's going to rip it out of their hands. Woohoo! <laughs> and he's going to give it to those whom he can trust. Amen? So you better start thinking, okay, God, if great wealth came into my hands, what could I do to change this world? What could I do to change society? Thank you, Lord. I'm nearly finished. God said to Moses in Numbers 14, 21, he said, but as truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. He prophesied that. That was Moses prophesied that. He saw it. God showed even Moses. As surely and truly as I live, he said, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And where God's glory is, the atmosphere becomes charged with the very life and light of God, charged with his goodness and his mercy, and uh, we'll see outstanding healings, miracles, freedom, justice for all, Fresh hope and expectancy, mercy and love. Yes. <laughs> and amen. Amen. Because I finished right there, okay? So amen to that. So come on, guys. Get excited about, get excited about the days we're living in. He chose you to be living in this hour and in this day. Amen? And he's going to use you, all of you. He wants to use all of you to carry the glory, to change this world, to change our community, to change our nation, and change the world. Let's just think big. Hallelujah. So I just, um, I just like to, what the team's just going to play here. If you would like to be part of this glorious church, if you want to be used by God to change and shape this nation, your home, your community, city in this time of his glory if you want to be part of it show God and come forward just come forward and we'll pray for you but just come forward and and I'd like us I've got a declaration but I just think it would be quite nice if he's not we could soon fill this up so come up if you want to if you don't that's fine God doesn't force this on anybody. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your love and your kindness. We thank you, Father. We're living in the greatest days this earth has ever seen. The greatest days. You've been waiting for this time. You've been eager for this time, Father. And Father, we're just so thankful that we can be part of it. Because Jesus Christ, he's our Lord, he's our saviour. 
And we're excited about these days, Father. Absolutely blessed to be alive in such a time as this. Father, that you would have your way in this nation. That you, Father God, by your mighty hand, will just push aside those who are wicked in, in places they shouldn't be, Father. Just pull them out and you put people after your own heart in places where they should be. Father, it's time for your touch and your hand and your glory and your goodness to fall upon our nation. We cry out to you for this nation, New Zealand. We cry out for this nation that your mercies would cover our land and your goodness will cover the land and your peace and your righteousness and your justice and your truth, Father God that we won't be overwhelmed by lies. Father, that you would strip away all the darkness. You would expose all the lies. All the deceit will be exposed, Father God. And you bring truth into this nation. And Father, that you pre you've prepared your people for such a time as this. Father, you said that you give us the nations for our inheritance. You told your son you give him the nations for his inheritance. And you said you, to your son, you will give the furthest parts as his possession. New Zealand is one of the furthest parts, Father God. This nation is his possession. He has a right to possess this nation. The church has a right to possess this nation. Because you spoke it in your word, Father God. You spoke it in your word, Father God. And so we claim back this nation for the Lord Jesus Christ. We claim it back as his inheritance. We claim it back for his possession, that he takes possession of our nation. He takes possession of government, of every area of influence in this nation, Father, that Jesus Christ will take his rightful place and justice will be done and truth shall be revealed and your goodness, Father God, shall be expressed in this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to get you to say this after me. Okay. Father God, I choose to be part of your glorious church. I choose righteousness over sin. I choose light over darkness. I will fight the good fight of faith. I choose to walk in love. I choose to walk by faith. I choose to become a prayer warrior and push back darkness. Lord, I make myself available to you to be a vessel of honour, not dishonour. I give my life completely to you. I will not hold anything back. But I will become fierce for the kingdom of God. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just give him praise. Thank you, Father. Father, I just pray for all of these that are standing here, Father God, that your glory and your goodness will touch each and every one.
thank you, Lord. Your glory and your goodness. Your glory, Father, your glory and your goodness, Father. Your glory upon him, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Your glory upon him, Father God. Your glory. Your glory upon him, Father God. Your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Your glory in Jesus' name. Your glory in Jesus' name. Your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your glory come upon her. Your glory comes upon them. Your glory in Jesus' name. Your glory in Jesus' name. Your glory. Your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Your glory upon them, Father God. Your glory in Jesus' name upon him. Your glory upon her. Your glory, Father God, upon him in the name of Jesus Christ. Your glory in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> your glory upon the Father God in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Your glory upon Mary, Father God.